we've been dealing with, um, Last week, we talked about fight or flight, right? Yeah. You either got to fight or flight, that means you either got to fight or run. And you've heard me say for years, if you haven't had something to come up in your life, you keep living. It'll come up in your life. So, uh, everybody doing good? I see all of my men. I don't see y'all's uh, wives with you. I hope they ain't leaving you. I'm looking, I'm counting one, two, three, four, yeah, man, all right. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Sometimes you see things around you that bother you. And I went to see my grandson play um, flag football. He's seven. So everybody on that team is like, not seventh grade, seven years old. And I, this father called his son over and told him, if you ain't going to hustle, we're going to get the belt out when I get home. And it took just about everything I had. Because I knew if I'd have said something, then he'd have took it more out on the child. And I wanted to say, what's wrong with you people? These little kids are out here and parents are hollering at them like it's the NFL. Of course, you ain't going to holler at them guys in the NFL because they'll knock you down. Mama, daddy, whoever, you know. You know, and I mean, seventh grade, I mean, excuse me, seven years old, it ain't that deep. And the problem of it is, is these people are calling themselves Christians, a lot of them. We need to get that fixed. We need to find out what's important and what's not important. One of the things that I get excited about is how powerful the word is when you build your life up in the word. You all have been around me a long time, and so sometimes it looks like I'm doing the same sermon over and over and over again. But you got to remember, you know, I coached for years, over 30 years coaching from kids to Park University. And when you coach, you do a lot of stuff over and over again until you think it's, it's got in their head. And so what I'm doing, one of my favorite things today is to, I want you all to understand that there's a reason that God tells us to build ourselves up in the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a reason that the Bible tells us that we need to build ourselves up spiritually because Satan is always around. And then the flesh is always around. Our human nature is always around. And you have to have something to fight that off. And the only way you can fight that off, this is for saved Christians, is the Word of God. Amen. The Word of God is the power. But a lot of people come to church but that's all they go, is they just get to church, but they're not hearers of the word. And in James 1, 19 and 20 through 27, I think I'm gonna do that. My dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Uh, that's a powerful, powerful scripture. Be quick to listen huh? and slow to speak. In other words, sometimes you need to listen and keep your mouth closed. You see, you see, and, and remember, you, God gave you two ears or one mouth. There's a reason for that. If he wanted you to speak, he'd have done it the other way. He'd have gave us two mouths and one eye. But since he, uh, excuse me, and one ear. But since he's given us two ears and one mouth, there's a reason for that. He wants us to listen more than we speak. One of the most damaging things that we have is called the tongue. The, the, the tongue can cause a lot of people. I'm hearing about all this bullying going on and, and all the things that's going on in these high schools and this. And I'm like, really? You know, it's like our poor little children, and, and this has got to come out to home because you're not, you're not born prejudiced. You all know that, right? That's a learned behavior, you see. And you're not born a bully. That's a learned behavior, you see. And it's going on in Christians' homes and Christian kids as much as other places. So there's gotta be something that we're not doing that's causing us to act and react the way we're acting and reacting. All right, but here at Christ Temple North, what we try to do is that if we're gonna, if we're gonna talk it, we gotta walk it. Does that make sense? If, see, if, if, you know, remember I use the, the Yankees all the time, of course they didn't got beat out of the playoffs, but one of the most best franchises in the history of baseball. When you put the pinstripes on, you all probably don't pay attention, 
But if you look at the Yankees ball club, nobody has a beard. They want a lot. Nobody has long hair. They want a lot. It's in your contract. When you sign a contract to play for the Yankees, you have to go with no beard, no long hair. When you put those pinstripes on, we are different, the Yankees organization says, than any other uh, teams. We look it, we play it. But we're Christians in here. You call yourself a Christian, you ought to look it, you ought, you ought to look it, walk it, and talk it. But you better, you, you better, you, hey, you better walk it before you talk it. You see? Let me say, if your ministry, your ministry should be the biggest ministry some people ever see. That's your life. The way you live your life, the way you handle things, because life is full of disappointments. It's always going to be that way. Life is full of disappointments. And some of it ain't the devil. It's just some of it is natural. You see, I was telling Sister Gwen, man, all at once, my body ain't functioning. I get up out of bed, I'm going to take a step, and I'm sore. Muscles are sore, and I'm like, whoa. I go up the steps now a little bit, especially in the morning. I go up and do the meditation and all that. I'm holding on to the rail. A few years ago, I could hop up them steps. That ain't got nothing to do with the devil. You see, ain't nothing evil. It's called 75. You see? So, hey, I got, you know, that's why they put rails so you can hold on to the rail to get up the steps, right? You see? So I ain't going to blame, quit blaming everything on adverse spirits. Some things are just natural. But once you accept that, then you find a way to work it. And so, my dearest uh, brothers and sisters, Take this to heart. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. And be slow to become angry. Anger is all over this country right now. Folks are just angry. And I mean, it's looking like falling for anything to be angry about. It goes from one thing to another thing to this thing. It's going to be something when we quit wearing the mask and quit getting the shots. What's next? They'll figure out something to be upset about. You understand what I'm saying about uh, uh, when Trump's gone and Biden's gone, we'll be still finding something to be angry about. But God said, Jesus said, I'll give you my peace. Yes, see, you know, when you have peace, there's nothing to be angry about. You see, some things, it is what it is. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so today we want to talk about it. We want a life that God has for us. We're powerful people. But we're powerful people. But you know, uh, there are some places where they know they're going to have hurricanes and, and storms and all that kind of stuff, especially hurricanes. Some of those houses are built for that. Some are not. That thing in New York, it caught them off guard because it's never happened there before when they had those floods. But other places, you would think that they would build their house so that when the storms come, the hurricanes come, that they can stand. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we are, we are all builders here. You know, we are all builders. We come here to church to get a lesson to build our character and our integrity up, you know, our spirituality up. So because we're not going to fight, we're going to fight. And it, y'all talk, you hear what I'm talking about? Yeah. If you, that's why I wanted Isaac to sing in that song. If you think that you're going to get out of this life and you ain't going to have to get in the ring, and have a fight, you're lying. Sooner or later, something's gonna hit you right in your face and you're gonna have to do a fight for it. A lot of people wanna blame God. They won't come to church because things happen. They ain't got nothing to do with that. It's called life. Do you understand? But we here, there's some, some things can happen to you. I don't blame God for cancer. I'm upset about it. And I heard this young ladies get up here and talk about that. That's un unbelievable uh, that we can, and I'm one of these people that thinks that now, you know, we got cures for everything else and all these millions of dollars they put in that. Somebody can't come up with something to save these people from breast cancer to deal with it. It upsets me. Now, me dealing with the prostate cancer thing doesn't bother as much as the breast cancer thing because most people that get the prostate thing, they're in their 60s and 70s and 
and other things. That, that cancer thing is hitting them at every age, you see? And, and it's a terrible thing, but some people fight, and they fight their way through it. And, but some can't fight their way through it because they don't, have a, they don't have a foundation in their life. Listen to me. Some people can go through things that other people can't go through because they don't have a foundation. We here have a foundation. What that means is, if, I don't know if any of you all uh, been where they've had a, a tornado at. Uh, years ago, they had one over in Carriage Hills, and I drove through there, and the, I mean, that was a mess. It looked like a war zone over there. But guess what? They went in there and rebuilt those houses on the same foundation. Yeah. Come on here. The storm tore the top of it off, but it, didn't tear the, it couldn't tear down the foundation. So they could rebuild on the foundation. That's how your life ought to be. When something hits you in the face, when something hits you in the face, oh, you, you wanna, we grieve now, we ain't crazy. We go through our grieving, we go through the things that we have to go through, but, and, and it hurts us. It hurts us, but we still have a foundation to rebuild on. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is what we're gonna talk about today briefly. Ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. So again, be slow to become angry for human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. Human anger doesn't work. You know, human anger usually does is it brings in anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. You see, you can be angry with a person, listen to what I'm saying, angry with what's going on around you, and that anxiety and that stress is tearing your organs up. It's a fact. Right. It's tearing your body up. You see, anger, anger is like a disease that gets into it. Anger is a, I would call it a spiritual type because it gets inside you and, 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 and it's just like a cancer inside you. So you have to be careful. You can, but there is a scripture that says be angry but sin not. All right, now it didn't tell us not to be angry. It told us to be angry but sin not. You see, now just like yesterday with that young man, you see, you know, I was really a little bit angry. Who puts, get a belt out on a seven-year-old for a flag? That's crazy. You know, I was very angry, but I wanted to, the old me would have sinned. You see? Because he wasn't, he was a little bitty guy anyway. So, you know, Isaac was there. We you know, said, come here, man. What's wrong with you? Was the, you know, but, uh, yeah, somebody ought to, mm, but see, you know, but the spirit of wisdom tells you, you need to leave that alone because you'll make it worse. So guess what I done? I pray every night I go outside, Sister Gwen and I, and we prayed for that young man, him, the father, and the family. Because, you know, he may not know any better. You see, be angry, but what? All right. So in verse 21, we are told, this is why we abandon everything morally impure in all forms of wicked conduct. In other words, we need to get rid of anything that, that trashes our conduct. Get rid of it. You see, we live in a country where there's a whole lot of things that you can get into that I call, that will trash your conduct. You see? You gotta get rid of it. One of the things that, it, one of the things we're better off if we didn't have is Facebook and TV. <laughs> Folks, are, Crazy. I'm like, you know, you see, and I'm not talking about the virus. I'm just talking about all of the crazy stuff's going on. You know, I hear in one of the high schools around here, Kansas City, the kids are putting on that TikTok or whatever they call it. Is that what they call it? And they're picking out kids and other kids were paying these kids to beat up other kids. Where'd that come from? You see, this is the kind of society we live in. Kids are angry, parents are angry. We, we live in an angry society, you see. And, and you know why we have more sickness and disease? Because anger, listen to me very carefully, anger will attack your body. It is a fact. It will attack your body. All right? With a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. But here, if, why you come to church? You, you, you absorb God's word, all right? And it comes within your nature. You've all heard me talk, I've been doing it for years. We want the nature of God. I walk as Christ, I talk as Christ, I think as Christ, I have the spirit of Christ within me. I have God's nature. God wants to reproduce himself in our lives. God wants to reproduce himself in our lives. 
And we got to have that. You see it around me. I mean, excuse me, around us. You're looking at TV. You read the papers or whatever you do. You can see all of the confusion and all of the con. It's not godless. Godless here. It's, it's people who've decided they can make it without. You can't do it. Yes, sir. Yeah. You see, <clears throat> now I'm a Christian and I believe in Christianity, but everybody better have something higher than themselves Amen. That, Amen. that promotes love. Yes, right. Period. Yes, you see, period. All right. The word of life has power to continually deliver us. And, and, and what, once you have the word, that's the word be the Bible, the word of life has, it, it, it empowers us and it can delivers us. It delivers us from all of our weaknesses. It'll work, let me tell you, it works. The word of God will deliver you, I'm telling you, from all your weaknesses, it is a fact. I've, had, I've lived it before and uh, right now in my life, uh, as I grow spiritually, because you never want to stop growing, because anything that's not growing is dead. I'm growing more and more now. The older I get, the more I grow, because the less entertainment I need outside of myself. You understand? It's a little harder when you're younger. Come on, y'all. All right. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. So don't just listen to the word of truth. You've got to respond to it. It's not just amen, amen in, on Sunday morning. Respond to the word. Yes. Put that word inside you. Allow that word to work inside your life. Yes. All right? Yes, and if you don't respond, that is the essence of self-deception. And because and, that means you think you got it, you all that. I'm telling you, nobody gets out of here without a fight. You're going to have to fight. Sooner or later, you're going to have to fight. You see, so you need to build up. I call it spiritual muscle. That's what the word of God does. It builds your spiritual muscle up so when you have to fight, you can, you can fight. Other people fight, but you fight. That's what the whole thing's all about. All right? So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. And I like that version. It says like poetry written to do what? <laughs> to fulfill your life. Your life. Fill your life up with the word. You see... Sometimes to fill it up, you got to empty out. You got to empty out hate, anger. You got to empty out all that stuff and let love come into it. There's some people that are angry and they in the house by themselves. Yeah, they're just, they're just angry, you see? And if you'd ask them who, they don't know. They're just angry, you see? So there's no place for love to dwell. You gotta ask God to empty out all of that malice and anger and hate, mm -hmm. you see, and put love in your heart. Yes. All right, love will heal you. Yes, love will heal you in some areas that you never thought you'd be healed in because love will take that anxiety and that stress out, mm -hmm. you see? Mm -hmm. Verse 22 from the message puts it this way. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Don't, don't get caught up in yourself thinking you're a listener when you're anything but. Mm -hmm. This is the best part of it. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. And that's what some people do. They come into church. My mother used to get us when we were kids. When we didn't do what we were supposed to do. You just letting, one, letting it come in one ear out the other. Mm -hmm. And you pay for that. Right. You pay for that sooner or later. Yeah. You see? It's got to stick in between those in here. Mm -hmm. Don't let it come out. Plug your ears up so it can't come out. Mm -hmm. right. Hear God's word. Put it in your life. Yeah. You doing all right? Am I doing all right? Yeah. And then it says, act on what you hear. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You look in that mirror. I'm going to do it this way. You look in that mirror and you see what's there, walk away from the mirror and forgot what you just got through looking at. He's talking about a spiritual mirror. Sometimes you need to ask God, God search my heart. If there's anything in me that's not like you, move it, but you better mean it. You see, you know, look, at, look in the mirror. What kind of man are you? What kind of woman are you? What kind of husband are you? What kind of wife are you? Yes. Huh? What kind of son, daughter, 
brother, sister. Well, look in the mirror. What are, what, what are you? Yeah. When, what do you see when you look in the mirror? You see? Yeah. Just you in the mirror. You know, I used it last week. You know, some of y'all don't listen to other music because I know y'all holier than that. I'm working on it. <laughs> I like Michael Jackson says what? Man in the mirror. It's a great song. Look at what kind of man you see in that mirror. What kind of woman do you see in that mirror? It starts with who's in the mirror. Things are not going to change until every man, every woman, every child looks in the mirror. And allow the spiritual, I'm talking about the spiritual mirror, and allow that spiritual mirror to reveal to you who you really are. I said you have to do that sometimes. And let me tell you, that's a painful thing when, when God, when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit reveals to you who you really are. Don't be a coward. Don't be afraid. Look in it. Because anything in there that's, that's not like God, if you ask him, he'll move it. Are y'all with me? All right. So another way to put it in verse 24 is you perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word. And, and but he's, then he's talking about the word of God. You perceive how the word of God. When you read the word of God, what does it reveal to you who you are? Hmm. Mm. Then you go out and forget your divine origin. Then we forget. We walk out them doors. You know, we walk right out them doors and forget who we are. You understand that? I'm talking. Paul wrote this to Christian folks. He didn't write this to non-Christians. He wrote it to Christian folks. Setting up in church, acting one way, walk out the building and act in another way. What's wrong with that? Something's wrong with that. You see, if you're going to put the uniform on, play at the level. Or don't put it on. Yeah, don't put it on. I would rather a person, all right, be themselves, all right, than a person that's acting like they somebody who they not. You see? You understand what I'm talking about? You wouldn't want me up here just acting and reacting. No. You know what's something? We have a, a way of having a standard for the folks that's up here. No. What's your standard for yourself? You see? Let me tell you, when you have the, God will reveal to you, when you feel good about yourself and your journey, a lot of things won't bother you that used to bother you. You see? Uh, I don't allow other people, now listen to me, to mirror me. Okay? I don't allow, you know, people call me arrogant anyway. I just love that. You know why I love that? I love my life. And anybody that talks about me loves it too. <laughs> See, oh, they'd be doing something else. That's how you do that, right? No, I'm serious. You need to walk up and say, hey, I love my life. And if you're talking about me, you must love it too. You see what I'm talking about? Because this is the ultimate goal, is for me to live the life that pleases God. Uh, your God pleases, not man pleases. And each one of us has a, a characteristics, and each one of us is special. We, each one of us has a different personality. And do you know some people don't like you, right? Don't even know who you are. But if you, if you live in a God-pleasing life, like we're talking about here, and you're walking, walking as God would have you walk, the path that God has you walk in, you ought to be excited about life. You ought to be excited about life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because all the stuff that's going on, I'm talking these viruses, and this too shall pass. This ain't the first time. You can go back to, we can go back forever. There's been something that come around and shaked our world. You see? But guess what? It, it shakes ours, but it doesn't devastate it to the point that we fall apart. You see? Isn't that something? That's who you are in God. You love him, then you got to love your life. Okay, let me tell you something. If you love God, you'll be obedient to his word. I hear people say, there's a song, I love the Lord. And folks will just be singing it, Sister Kim. Well, if you love him, you ought to be obedient to his word. You're not upset, are you? No, because we're different people here, right? Quit, not, don't literally, all right? Don't come to church with your ears blocked. Be a hearer, walk out to church, and be a doer. Yeah. All right? 
in verse 25, those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. Let me tell you, the truth you hear ought to strengthen you. You know, tell me the truth. The truth will strengthen you. The truth will strengthen you. You see, if you look in that mirror, spiritual mirror, and you see some things that need to be changed in your life, God has the power to assist you in that change. It'll strengthen you in every aspect of your life. You see, you want to be strong? Spiritual. Some of you work out, right? You go there to get muscle, right? Well, spiritual muscle, when you look in the word of God, it trains you to get that spiritual muscle. And you look in that Bible, that Bible will give you, it should strengthen you. You see, you can overcome anything. You can overcome anything. There are people can tell you that they've been knocked down in the, in the fifth round, but they had to get up in, they had seven more to go, I think it's, you know. They got back up. You know how they got back up? The strength within them gave them the power to get back up. Pastor's not going to get up and tell you about a good good life. It's not that way. It's either fight or flight, right? All of us are going to have to do that sooner or later. But see, it is the word ought to strengthen you, right? You can't hide from life. You can't run from life. You can't run from trouble. Those things are going to find you. But you can deal with those things, right? Through the word of God, it will strengthen you and give you the power to make a stand, you see? It'll give you the strength, right? And not only strength, but you will experience God's blessings in all that you do. And then you will experience God's blessings in all that you can do. You'll fall sometimes and you'll go, I don't know if I can make it. And then all at once, you get back up, you say, I made it. It was tough. It was rough. But I made it. And then you say, thank you, Jesus. You see? And verse 25 from the message states, whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life. And that's what we want. But it comes from what? The counsel of God. Do you see how you want to be a free life? Listen to the counsel of God. It'll free you. You won't be enslaved by your senses. You won't be enslaved by your human nature. You'll be freed in the spirit. And then, remember, your senses will become slaves unto you. Let me do it this way. Your senses used to dictate how you live your life. That's these things here, right? Five of them, right? Your lower nature, that's the human nature, used to dictate how you lose your life, run your life. Now that you are spiritual, and the spirit of God is within you, and God is reproducing himself in you, then those things become slaves to you. You see? So catching a glimpse even out of the corner of his or her eye and sticks with it is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. You want to be a man or woman of action. Are you a man or woman of action? Are you working this thing in your life? I have the worst addiction of anybody probably in here. Ask me what it is. Sugar. Do you all know that sugar is eight to 10 times harder to get over than cocaine? Study it. Sugar, yeah, put it up. Somebody out there can pull it up and read it to me. Sugar is, yes, eight to 10 times harder to get over than cocaine. Guess why they make it? Because they make money over folks like me who are sugar junkies. But if I want to live longer so I can be around here to harass you all, I got to fight that addiction because it's legal, right? So there's always a fight. Everything ain't drugs, sex, and alcohol, folks, because remember, my body is the temple of what? 
So if I sugar out, I'm what? Sinning. Because I'm hurting my body. This temple. You all didn't know that. Yes, sugar. Look it up. And whoever gets it can just raise their hand. All right, go ahead. The person of action will find delight and affirmation in the action. Yes. You find it in the action. Yeah. Satan acts, I react. I fight, I don't flight. But the Bible says he flights, right? Resist the devil and he will what? He will flee from you. You see? Put your spiritual gloves on and say, no, 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 not today. What did I teach you all to tell Satan? You better back up before I act up. You see? Yes. Yeah, I won't say that. Sometimes I wish I was outside. Go ahead. Verse 26. If someone believes they have a relationship with God, but fails to guard his words, then his heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. Some people have religion, but it's shallow and empty. Where do you stand? There's a whole lot of religious people. Shallow and empty. Now, don't get upset at me. Thank you. Don't get upset at me. It just bothers me when people come up to me and they, once they find out you're a pastor, they want to say, yeah, you know, I, I got back. I don't hear all that. I don't hear about your religion. What's about your life? How you living? You see, let me follow you around. You see, if I could be a little uh, coming to your home and you not invisible, how strong is your faith? I know you got religion. Religion, let me do it this way. You've been taught here by Pastor Fields. Religion is God's way for man to reach him. Religion, excuse me, I better backwards. Religion is man's way to reach God. Religion is man's way to reach God. God's way for man to reach him is faith. You see? There's not going to be any religious people in the kingdom. They're going to be people of faith in the kingdom. You see, the first thing that some want to tell you is where they go to church or what religion they are. The first thing that ought to be said is that you're a believer. And what's your belief in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? All right? True spirituality that is pure in the eyes of our Father God is to make a difference in the lives of the orphans and widows in their troubles and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. It means that we work to help other people. He just used orphans and widows here and help people with their troubles and not get corrupted by the world's values. I was watching, this is me because I'm older now, and I was, you know, I've never seen the commercial. When the commercial comes on, you know, I'm flipping to something else, right? <laughs> but, uh, and I was watching this thing, and there's a roll of Christian things. And I, and I saw this, and I'm like, what do they got this on for? Right near these Christian stations, because these people had these, it was, these women had these pants with the holes in them. You know, all out like that, like the kids wear. And I had to turn it up and see, what is that? And it, it really was a choir. Not a choir, but a praise team. And I'm like, you know, and they shouldn't have been in the, and I ain't being funny, but those, those people in there, they should have been in that anyhow, period, you see. Where are we at? Why did we become so worldly in the church? What happened? What happened to us? You see? Now, for some people, now, so I, I let, you know, the guys can come in here, and uh, they look great, you know, Isaac and... Trevor, you know, they wear their jeans and their shirts. They look great. They fit. They look good wearing them. You see? I prefer this. But it doesn't matter if you got on something that's... Right? 
But we ain't gonna have nobody come up here with no holes and everything and stuff. No, that ain't happening up in there. Because I'm meeting them at the door. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bring that up in here no more. We, we, don't do that. we don't work that way. You see? You see, there's a certain thing. Some folks don't need to see what they don't need to see that you can't see. You see? That's worldly. No, that's worldly. You gotta make a difference. What happens to being a lady? What happens to being a gentleman? I, that's, just, now that's just me. If I'm wrong to you, I'm right to me, so I could care less. And since I'm the, since I'm the man in here, we're going to do it this way. Right? We're not going to be worldly. Period. We're not going to go with the world's, no, the world's values. We don't do that. I don't want to hear that. It is what it is. No. Is it what God has chosen for it to be? Amen? Amen. All right. Let's get back to what we're trying to do here. As we talked earlier about our foundation, we're going to turn to Matthew 7, verse 24 through 29. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And that's the oldest scripture. You've heard me talk about it. If you're wise, you'll build your what? Your house on a what? Rock. On a rock. There used to be a song on this rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All the other ground is sinking sand. Yeah. What is your life built on? Mm -hmm. What is your life built on? Guess what? Trouble's going to find you. Right. And people are going to figure out what your life is built on. Mm -hmm. You see? Yeah. All right. Again, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. Mm -hmm. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. Yeah, this ain't nothing to be cute about. These are words to build your life on. Yeah. We are to build our life on the words of God. Amen. Period. Amen. When you open that Bible, you're trying to build. You come here yeah. to build your life on these words. Amen. It amazes me that and I, if we would have some of these people in here that I know that's been through some stuff that's there to tell you all what they've been through, you would be amazed. Guess what? And they're still standing? They'll tell you, you need to listen to pastor because it can happen to you. Yeah, all right? So when the rain comes down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And when all hell broke loose in your life. Right. Yeah. When, when, when cancer came, diabetes came, high blood pressure came, okay? A kid went crazy. All right? It's, that's what you're talking about. You know, the, the winds of troubles. When troubles come, you know, an accident, you, a telephone call can change your life. All right? Yes, and you will not fall because you have a strong foundation on the rock. You will not fall because your life is built on a strong foundation right. on a rock. Yeah. You'll weep, you'll grieve, you'll be upset, mm -hmm. you'll be angry, but you'll sin not because your life is built on a strong rock. Amen. Amen. If somebody asked you how you done it, and I think they said on this solid walk, I stand. Everything else is sinking sand. Go tell, the, go tell the devil you're a Baptist. See if that makes him run a Methodist, Pentecostal, interdenominational as we are. He don't care about all that. But once he knows what your life is built on, he'll flee. Yeah. And he'll get out of your ear. He'll get out of your ear because you ain't hearing him. You know, some of you watch, how many of you all, most of you watch football and sports in there, right? And you know what trash talking is, right? Yeah, that old devil will give you trash talking. The flesh will give you trash talking. The good ones don't listen to it. The weak ones will listen, and it'll affect their game. But the strong ones can't hear you, man. And they stay with their game plan. All right? Verse 26 and 27 from the message. 
But if you just use my words and Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And this is one of the, what kind of carpenter? Stupid. What? Stupid. A stupid carpenter. You don't want to be stupid and get it together. Start building it with the right materials. Okay? You see out there, they got that concrete out there. Looks nice out there. Right? It was, it was about to wear out. You see, they didn't put dirt out there. Took all the dirt up. Put some concrete out there. How solid is your life in Christ? What are you working on? How are you building on your life? You see? I remember one time when I thought I knew everything. They gave me the title, surely I had to know everything. And the best thing that ever happened to me was some of the issues that I had to deal with that I had no control of. And it tested my faith. I can say it now. And my faith didn't have the strength to stand. You see. But thank God that Gwen's did. And the bishop told her, said, you're strong now. She don't mind me telling this. But she said, but Johnny's going to surpass you. That's the exact word she said. And then you'll have to catch up with him. We're equally yoked now. We had to feed off each other until we both got to the same spot. Her in me, that her in me, not solid. Listen to where I'm going with this. Sometimes it's the people you're around, if you're not careful, can determine what you build your life on. Never forget that. That's what you need to teach your children and your grandchildren. All right? I don't like losers around me. Now, I help somebody that wants to learn. But if you decide you want to debate me, then I'm good with my life. So I ain't debating you. That means you're good with your life. But if you ain't good with it, you come with me. We can sit down and talk. Does that make sense? All right. All right. So when your house is on a sandy beach and a storm rolls in and the waves come up. And it'll happen. Sooner or later, it'll happen. And I may be one of the very few pastors that people don't like. I stay on that all the time. Trouble will find you. You can listen to all that. I mean, you can listen to it. No. Trouble will find you. You have to have spiritual muscle because sooner or later, you're going to have to fight or take a flight. You see, that's anybody in here, at any age in here, sooner or later, you're going to have to fight. That's why you come here and get built up in your spirit. Right? Yes, and that fall with a great crash or collapse like a house of cards. In other words, like a house of what? Cards. Wow. Fall apart like paper. Mm-hmm. All right, the last scripture. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. And I hope you're amazed at this teaching because this is some good teaching you got this morning. Yes, it is. Period. Yes, it you know, is. the reason that that I went to the malls is uh, when I was younger, is I'd been to church and folks were shouting and running and going through all that stuff. And then I see them fall apart at anything. Couldn't handle anything. And I was one of these ones that was saying, Brother Roderick, these Christians are something. They go to church, but I didn't understand it was nothing to do with what was taught here. It was that they didn't put it in their lives and they didn't have what they needed from here to handle life. And that became more of, and I'm gonna say it, it was more of entertainment, you see? And they were getting entertained. And when they walked out there, the devil, you know, when the music stopped and the devil came, hey, and he would attack them or whatever would attack them, they would fall apart. 
once I found out it wasn't Christianity wasn't the problem, it was non-believing Christians that wasn't the problem. Because, well, listen, you can be a Christian and not be a true believer. And if you don't believe me, that's Paul wrote this to believers. Every book of Paul, the epistles were written to believers. He didn't write nothing to unbelievers in here. He was writing to believers. And he was in the, on a case about how they were receiving and how they were responding to God's word. Yeah. You see, they were trying to live the life with their religion and not the Holy Ghost. You see, and you can't make it without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit empowers you to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And you look at Revelation, it says, Revelation says, he that has an ear, let him hear, and I'm going to let him or her hear, what the Spirit is saying to the church. Well, that means there are a lot of people that were in the church that weren't hearing because it said, let them that hear how to respond. Then once I figure that out, then I'm good. Then I came back into Christianity and it made me much a stronger person because I said, no, it wasn't, it wasn't the book that was causing me to like second guess. It was people in the word, not living it, was causing me to second guess the word. And I grew in my spirit and figured it out. Oh, no, these are these people here. And so I, I made a commitment to myself, if I had ever become a free pastor, that I would teach a gospel that would empower people to walk as Christ, talk as Christ, think as Christ, and have the empowerment of Christ so that they could deal with things like Christ would deal with things. You see, I, yeah. I, I wanted to, to inspire people to understand that you are God-natured people. You want his nature. Once you have his nature, then you have his spiritual muscle. Then you, when Satan gets up and tries to come into your life, you can flex your muscle and deal with what you have to deal with. Amen to that? Amen. All right. And the Isaacs are making their way up here as I do this last couple of scriptures here. Uh, I yep, the last verse in verse 29. Okay. Jesus taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. Jesus taught as one who had authority and not of teachers of the law. Listen to me. You know what that means? Jesus, what? Taught as one that had power, not just talk. And I'm trying to get you all to understand, you got power in the word, not just talk. Don't be a listener and not a doer. Don't be a hearer and not a doer. Be a listener and a hearer and be a doer. Amen to that? Amen. All right. That's good. Brother Isaac. I think I'm done. If not, I am. Good morning, saints of God. The power of the word is powerful. The power of our own words are powerful. You know, um, my wife and I, we reside together over here in Kansas City, and we're most, most of the time alone. We have no relatives here. They're off in Texas and Seattle. So we go visit grandkids. And uh, we're up in Seattle, and uh, my grandkids are being... Um, Homeschooled, so they stay at home. So, and when you're with grandkids, that's a whole different dynamic, you know. When you're staying with them, oh boy, <laughs> tell you about it. <laughs> so I'm uh, sitting there listening to their mother teach them, you know, and they're in the cursive writing, right? And one of them pipes up and says, "I hate cursive writing," you know. And then I just tune in without catching myself what I'm going to say. So I just said, well, I love cursing. And what they heard was cursing. You know? And man, they just bust out laughing <laughs> with each other. And then I caught myself and said, oh, man, what a boo-boo I made. You know? <laughs> so just coinciding with, be careful what you say. <laughs> you know? Yeah, watch your words. You know? <laughs> Today I'm going to uh, quote this scripture uh, out of uh, Matthew 19, and it talks about uh, agreeing in the word together, okay? We probably know that scripture by heart by now, when you agree together in the word. But that word agree 
is an interesting word. Because in the Greek, it's the word symphoneo. And it's a musical term. And that's where we get our word symphony. So in essence, when you read that, it's like a revelation that's coming out of that. Because the conductor in that symphony is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And there are, there's an orchestra there, which consists of people that play instruments, which consists of us, the saints, polishing up the instrument and getting proficient at it. So when they agree to come to the word, sanctioned and conducted by the Holy Spirit, that's power there. And of course, Romans 8 it teaches, us, teaches us that we are led by the Holy Spirit. So the conductor, when we agree together in prayer, when you come up for prayer here, things will get done and you will be receiving receiving that prayer at that moment by faith by your faith and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god father god let, let we just want to bow our heads in prayer and thanksgiving father god we thank you and praise you for your wonderful work that you have done today lord god sealing this word to our hearts father god as we go on our holy ways lord god i know you're watching every step we make everything that we say and do lord god we just want to give you all the praise honor and glory for this demonstration of your holy spirit in our lives in jesus name amen